Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Hebrews 11. Right. Here we go. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to look at one verse, and that's going to be verse 6. I want to welcome the visitors here, those new ones watching online this morning. Glad to have you with us. Amen. And Hebrews 11.6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now, flip with me back to Ephesians chapter 6. Excuse my voice this morning. Pressing through, amen? Amen. Ephesians 6. Uh, Verse 18, and it says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. All right, I want you to notice in Ephesians 6, 18 there, how it says all prayer, say all prayer, all All right. Literally, that's talk, that, that means all kinds of prayer. Did you know that there's different kinds of prayer? Sure. All right? There are several different kinds of prayer, and each kind of prayer has its own set of rules or principles that apply to each one. Number one, there's the prayer of faith, or the prayer of petition, it's also called. Number two, there's the prayer of commitment. Number three, there's a prayer of consecration. Number four, there's the prayer of agreement the Bible speaks about. Number five, there's the prayer of intercession. Number six, there's the prayer of supplication. Number seven, there's united or corporate prayer. All right. And number eight, there's praying in tongues or also known as praying in the spirit. All right. And number nine, There's the prayer of praise and worship, all right? But many people try to apply these rules to one prayer, or to, they take the rule from one prayer and try to apply uh, apply them to the other. For example, using the rules that apply to the prayer of consecration, the prayer of consecration is a, if it be thy will prayer, all right? But for, for instance, someone thinks they feel called into the ministry. So they pray, Lord, if it's your will for me to be into the ministry, I pray that you would open doors. Amen? I pray that you would make the divine con- connections come to pass. Uh, but they try to take the consecration rules and put it to the prayer of faith. Well, the prayer of faith does not have, if it be thy will in it. Are you hearing me, somebody? Right. It won't work. Uh, that's like trying to play a basketball game using the rules of a football game, all right? And it just doesn't work. So today, what, I, what the Lord really impressed upon me to talk about with you guys is the prayer of faith. Say prayer of faith. Now, we can pray the prayer of faith for ourselves, uh, for baby Christians. Sometimes they can write on our faith strings. Why is that? I don't know. God sometimes allows that to happen. And sometimes you can pray the prayer of faith for an unsaved person, all right? But there comes a point in your Christian life, how many of you found this out, where the training wheels come off, all right? 
And you can no longer really ride on the faith of others. I remember when I first got saved, I, you know, I would go to prayer with someone who was mature in the Lord. And it's like, man, the answer just came like that. All right. But then after a while, it's like, okay, God's saying, now, now you've got to start believing for yourself. All right. And so, <clears throat> there, there, of course, there's exceptions. We don't get dogmatic on anything. The Holy Ghost, you know, can, can do whatever he wants. Amen? In that area. But an important point about the prayer of faith is that the results of the prayer of faith is totally dependent upon you, the Christian, and not God. Hello, somebody. Because you can only pray the prayer of faith for something that's promised to you in the Word of God. Are you hearing me? The prayer of consecration, now that's up to God. God, if it's your will, if it's your will, do such and such. Are you hearing me? But concerning the promises in the Bible, all right, God has done everything He is ever going to do about those promises that have been written in this book. For years and years and years. Now it's up to the Christian to pray the prayer of faith and to take those things from the spiritual and bring them into the natural. Amen? Alright. Now, in Matthew 9.29, Jesus said, According to your faith, be it unto you. In other words, Jesus was saying, uh, much of the blessings we experience on this earth is going to be dependent upon our faith in God and upon His Word, upon His promises. All right, faith is very important. I know people, you know, they they get offended when they hear the word faith. You know, they always oh, they get offended when they hear the word of faith thing and and all this. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's a Bible thing. Right. Amen. It's a Bible thing. This isn't something that's been made up by man. This is a Bible thing. All right? So this is totally dependent upon us. Now, an example, let me give you a couple of examples of the um, kind of a prayer of faith, where you would use the prayer of faith. An example of this kind of prayer is for healing for our physical bodies. All right? And the prayer of faith is one of the avenues that God has provided for the church, for the body of Christ, concerning healing. Go to James chapter 5. Let's take a look at this. All right, James chapter 5, and I want to look at verses 14 through 15 here. Say prayer of faith. faith. All right. And it says this, is anyone among you sick? He's talking to Christians here, by the way. Is any among you sick? Let him call for... By the way, faith is not denying the problem. Hello, somebody. Faith is denying its right to stay in your body. All right? So you're not out of faith if you say, Hey, look, I'm having a hard time in my body, or I got a cold, I got this. All right? All right, so I, I got to point that out because people can get in the ditch and you can't say two words to them. I mean, how are you supposed to ask for prayer if they don't know what to pray for? Are you hearing me? All right, so we got to stay in the middle of the road here. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders or leaders of the church let, and let them pray over him or that person, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. 
So <clears throat> I want to point out again that a prayer for healing, one of the avenues of healing that God has given us is the prayer of faith. And it's not, when, <laughs> it's interesting that God has pointed out that a prayer for healing should be a prayer of faith. Right. Not a if it be thy will prayer. Because you can only pray a prayer of faith with what you know is the will of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? So evidently, God believes, the creator of all things, I can't believe this, can you believe this? That God, the God of all things, believes that he's given us enough evidence in his word that we can stand on in faith for healing. Or else he wouldn't call it the prayer of faith. Because if you don't know the will of God, then it's simply a prayer of hope. Right. It's hope. Are you hearing me? But faith, write this down. I'm feeling the anointing come on me now. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. You can't have faith for something if you don't know it's the will of God. Amen? So evidently there are promises in the word of God that promise divine healing. And that qualifies us then to be capable of praying the prayer of faith for healing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I got to say it again. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If the will of God is not known in a certain situation, you won't have faith. You might have hope. Oh God, please let this happen. But faith says, no, I know what's in here, and I'm going to stand on it until this thing comes to pass. Are you hearing me, somebody? <clears throat> I also want you to notice this in, in James 14, 15. I want you to notice that the sick person, say the sick person, is supposed to call the pastor and ask for prayer, or the leaders of the church. Are you hearing me? Now, why is that? Let me just give you a couple tidbits about this topic here. That is pretty interesting. I believe personally that God puts this in here. says, you call for the elders of the church, the leaders of the church for prayer. Because number one, it allows the sick individual to put their faith into action by picking up the phone, dialing, pray for me. They're putting the word of God into practice. Are you hearing me, somebody? Let's face it, if that person doesn't have an ounce of faith, they're not going to call anybody for prayer. They're not going to do anything. And I think this is one of the reasons why a lot of people who call prayer hotlines, th there's many miracles. When I worked at the Abundant Life Prayer Group in Tulsa, Oral Roberts Ministries, <clears throat> man, there was, it was so awesome. Miracles would happen uh, on, on a pretty regular basis. Uh, people be in touch. Why? Because they're putting their faith into action by even picking up the phone. Right. Amen? I mean, how many times we've all been there when we've been sick and not feeling well or there's a problem in our life. The thought came into our mind, you know, maybe I should call the Abundant Life Prayer Group. Maybe I should call the 700 Club for prayer. But you just kind of set to the side and say, nah, it won't do no good. Are you hearing me? Well, there's not an ounce of faith there. Amen? All right. Are you still with me this morning? Are you breathing? All right. <clears throat> so I just want to say, don't wait for your pastor, those of you watching online. Don't wait for your pastor to get a word of knowledge from the Holy Ghost that you're in bad condition. All right? The, the, the Bible says you call for the elders of the church. You let them know. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. 
Uh, <clears throat> but anyways, to learn more about that topic of healing, come to one of our community healing and miracle services. Amen? All right. But anyways, another prayer of faith I want to touch on here is the prayer of salvation. The prayer of salvation is a prayer of faith. All right? Salvation is promised in the Word of God to any person that receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the will of God is known. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Hey, those of you, who, how many of you are in here are saved? You heard the message, didn't you? You heard from Scripture what Jesus came to do. God sent His Son. He loves you so much. He wants to save you from the pits of hell and the lake of fire. Amen? Amen. And it built faith in your heart. You were pricked. You were convicted. And you acted on it. You prayed the prayer of salvation, confessing Jesus as Lord. That's the prayer of faith. So, listen, your whole, the beginning of your Christian walk starts with the prayer of faith. Are you hearing me? And the Bible says, now, once you're a Christian, you're supposed to walk by faith. You're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. And it's the point when we get out of faith and we start looking at circumstances and when, is when all hell breaks loose and we start to crumble. Are you hearing me, somebody? Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? Amen? So to have faith for something, you need to know some things from God's Word. You need to know some things. Now, go to Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't the Word of God awesome? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty four. It says this, Jesus Christ himself said these words. He said, therefore I say to you, what, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, listen to this, all right? Listen to this. This is talking about the prayer of faith here. And I want to, if you have a pen, pencil, whatever, underline this. When you pray, believe that you receive. Say when. When. Notice it doesn't say after. It says at the point you let that prayer come out of your mouth, you better have some faith in what you're asking for. How many times have we prayed for something, not an ounce of faith, just hope, and we go and then we start to get into the Word and start to build our faith in it. Well, Jesus said these words. When you pray, believe. Right at the point of when you're letting that thing fly in your mouth. So, now it would do us some good then to, what is, it, are you, what is it that you're believing for today? Go in the Word of God, find Scripture that promises you that thing. Alright? Feed on the Word of God before you pray. So you're not wasting your breath. Amen? Alright? God is not a respecter of persons, but He is a respecter of faith. Are you hearing me? He is a respecter of faith. Even even a woman who wasn't even in the fold, the sheepfold of the Jewish people, received answered prayer because she had faith. God's not a respecter of persons, but He is a respecter of faith. Amen? 
The point I want to make with this kind of prayer, the prayer of faith, is that we need to act like we received when and after we pray that prayer. <laughs> Let me say that again, because so many people trip over that. All right? Let me just say this again. After we pray the prayer of faith, we need to act like we received when and after we have prayed. People ask me, how do I know if I have faith when I prayed? I say, well, how did you act after you prayed? Did you mope around? Did you complain? Were you still in worry? Were you letting that negative confession still come out of your mouth? Did, was there any joy or peace after you prayed? No. Then you didn't pray in faith. Are you hearing me? We need to act like it. We need to act. If you really got it, you're going to act like you just got done praying the prayer of faith. And you know that heaven's got you backed up and that answer is coming. Are you hearing me, somebody? Let me throw this in here also. Look at Mark eleven twenty three, 23, the verse before. It says, For assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Underline whatever he says. That's a spiritual law there, people. That can be for good or that can be for evil. Whatever he says. The only prerequisite is you just better believe what's coming out of your mouth. And unfortunately, sometimes people let negative confession flow out of their mouth and they believe for something. And guess what? Just like any other promise, it's true. They receive what they're, what they're believing for. Amen? All right? But most, it says that we are to speak to the mountain, right? Speak to the mountain. But what I found out is most people talk about their mountain instead of speaking to it. Are you hearing me, somebody? Yeah. Go to Joshua 1.8. Let me show you something here. Hallelujah, Jesus, you are awesome. All right. Joshua 1.8. Yeah, sometimes we just got to keep brushing up on the basics. Amen? It says this. This book, notice first of all, that the word book has a capital B. What book do you think it's talking about? Well, it's not talking about 20,000 leagues under the sea. It's talking about the Word of God. Amen? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Say mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Joshua 1.8 says to meditate, to speak the word of God. Are you hearing me? But most people meditate on and speak about their problem more than the word of God. Now, what is the problem with this? First of all, listen. What happens is the more you speak about something, and the, le- the bigger you make it. Have you ever found that out? 
If there's a problem going on in your life, the more you meditate on it, that's things at the center of your thought life, and you speak about it constantly, and, and you're not speaking the word of God. What you're doing is you're making your problem bigger than God. And that's deceiving. That, that, that is a doorway to deception because how many of you know there is nothing that is bigger than God. There is nothing that you're going through or you're ever going to go through that God can't handle and deliver you from. Are you hearing me somebody? So we need to meditate and speak the word of God. Keep it in your thought life, yes. But take that next step and let it come out of your mouth. Amen? But these people who are always negative all the time, they wonder why nothing goes right for them in life as a Christian. Well, because you've got to follow the instructions in the book. Amen? The Word of God works, but we need to work it. Amen? We need to follow the instructions in the book. It's just that simple. Romans 4. Now, there are obviously, there are waiting periods sometimes. Amen? But it's your faith that carries you through. Like that song we played. While I'm waiting, I will worship you. Amen? While I'm waiting. Nobody said the waiting's easy. But how you handle the waiting period is going to handle how you're going to come out of this mess. Amen? Romans 4, verse 19 through 22, I want to look at. And it says this. And And not being weak in faith, he, Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Faith gives you strength to carry through. Faith gives you strength in the waiting room of life. Amen? Giving glory to God and being fully convinced That what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him, to Abraham, for righteousness. All right. The Bible says that Abraham was strong in faith. So let's take a look at some of the characteristics of strong faith. All right. Verse 19. Verse 19 said that he considered not his own body. All right. In other words... Abraham did not allow natural circumstances to hinder his faith. I'll tell you right now, faith has nothing to do with what you see or feel in the natural. Has nothing to do with it. Because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. By the natural. Alright? So, if you're finding yourself getting discouraged by natural circumstances, you you fell into the trap of the flesh. Alright? That's just a fact. That's not hard, Pastor James. That's just a fact. Because faith has nothing to do with natural circumstances. It's faith that gives you strength to get carried through to the answer. To the receiving of the promise. Amen? Verse 20 says that he, Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Abraham's faith did not waver. Abraham was not double-minded. One minute speaking the promise of God, the next minute speaking negativity. Well, I'm never going to... Oh, yeah, you know, Sarah's never going to have this child. Oh, man, I'm 100 years old. Are you hearing me, somebody? 
He was strong in faith. He was strong in faith. Now, hold on, the Holy Ghost is arresting me here for something. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Number one, there's two things here I gotta show you. Number one, there's unbelief. Number two, there's ignorance. Being ignorant of something. All right, listen. Ignorance means that you don't know what the Bible says and you have a lack of knowledge. That's ignorance, right? Number two, there's unbelief. Unbelief says this. I know what God's word says, but I choose not to believe it. Yeah, yes, I've seen the evidence. It's right here. I know what it says, but I choose not to believe it. Do you see the difference between the two? There's ignorance. There's a lack of knowledge. Well, that's no good. Ignorance is not bliss in the kingdom. Because Hosea 4, 6 says that my people... My people, God said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. But then you got unbelief. You got Christians who love the Lord with all their heart. They see all the scriptures about, I don't know, maybe the gifts of the Spirit, maybe divine healing. Oh yeah, they've read it, but they choose not to believe it. That's unbelief. See, because right here, it's interesting, in verse 20, He, Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Notice it didn't say through ignorance. He couldn't say he didn't stagger through ignorance because he knew what God said. So if he would have gotten out of faith, it would have been unbelief because he heard the voice of God. He knew the promise of God. Amen? Hallelujah. He was strong in faith, the Word of God says, giving glory to God. How do you know if you're in faith when and after you pray? You will give glory to God for the answer before you see it in the natural. Like I said, you will act like you have received the answer when you prayed. Are you hearing me, somebody? This, this is the whole dynamics of faith. And I know, hey, look, many Christians, many, many carnal Christians... Many carnal Christians who are in the flesh, they choke on this. They choke on this. Well, what do you mean? They choke on this when you preach this kind of message. They just can't receive it. Why? Because the natural mind receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? Well, you're just a whacked out faith preacher. Well, you know what? Yeah, I am losing my mind. I'm, I'm renewing it with the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Some of you all need to lose your mind out there. Amen? In a good way. Hallelujah. Verse 21. It says that Abraham was fully convinced or persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. To have faith means that you are fully persuaded. Nobody can talk you out of this. I know what God said. He's able to do it. You know, the, the main thing here is so many Christians compare God and put God at the same level as man. Oh, man. Well, you know, my daddy lied to me when I was three years old. Now I need emotional healing for that. I can't even have faith. You liar. You can too. God wouldn't require you to have faith in him if it wasn't possible. Are you hearing me, somebody? Right. All right. Now, so... <clears throat> Fully persuaded. Say fully persuaded. fully 
Go to 1 Corinthians 2.5. I love this passage. This is a passage or a verse that is scrolling across our ministry websites. I love it. Right on the top of the page. It says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So obviously the power of God blows away the wisdom of men. Are you hearing me, somebody? And so there's just another proof that we can't be focused on natural circumstances to allow that to throw us back spiritually. Are you hearing me? Romans 10, 17. Turn there with me. Romans 10, 17 says these words. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by hearing and hearing some positive news. <laughs> Are you hearing me? From someone else. The only thing that can build true faith in an individual is the Word of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? So 1 Corinthians 2.5 says that our faith should not stand uh, or should stand in the power of God. If faith can only come by hearing the word of God, listen, then the power of God that 1 Corinthians 2.5 is talking about must be the word of God. How many of you know the word of God is powerful? Quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? There's power in the word of God. Well, Jesus recognized that when he came against Satan in the wilderness. When Satan came to tempt him, he spoke scripture to the enemy. Amen? And after, what was it, the third time, the enemy left. He left him. The enemy said, man, I can't make this guy budge. He's speaking these powerful words to me. The devil recognizes scripture. But listen to this. It also says, I don't want to depress anyone, but it says that he departed for a season. That's why we need to constantly be built up in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Not just when a, a trial or a circumstance hit, stance hits. We have to be built up so when it does come, we are ready to take it on. Amen? Hallelujah. So to truly pray the prayer of faith, we must have scriptures that we are standing on to back up or support our prayer or our request from the Lord. Look at 1 John. Go with me toward the back of the Bible here. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. All right. So this is powerful here. We need the Word of God to back us up. The prayer of faith I'm talking about. All right. If you want results, we got to, if you want Bible results, we got to, Obey and follow the instructions in the Bible. Amen? 1 John 5, 14 through 15 <clears throat> says this. Now this is, underline it, the confidence. We can have confidence when we pray. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know, say no, 
Not hope. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We can have confidence. The word of God, this is another promise. If we back up our prayer life with the promises that are in the word of God and stand on them. It says we can have confidence when we pray. Amen? Because the word of God is the will of God. Say that with me. The word of God is the will of God. Romans 4.22. Jump back with me here. One more thing here on this one. What did you guys have a rough night last night? Huh? My, my, my. All right. Romans 4.22. I want to look at here. Says, and therefore it was accounted to him, to Abraham, for righteousness, having strong faith. It was imputed to him for righteousness. To be righteous means to put, be put in right standing with God. And faith caused Abraham to be put in right standing with God. Well, but listen to me, Pastor Jesus, it's not about work. Well, how's your faith in Jesus? I don't know if you knew it or not, but this book right here, the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation is a revelation of who Jesus is. So when you reject the promise, when you are wavering in faith at the promise, you're wavering at faith in the Savior. Did you ever think of that? Come on, somebody. I know it's tight, but it's right. Amen? When we as Christians show unbelief toward God's word, we are showing a lack of trust in God's integrity and in his character. And God takes that personally. Go figure. God takes that personally. I mean, how would you feel if everything that you promise a person a spouse or whatever you promised them and there was just constant unbelief they never trusted you that'd make you pretty irritated wouldn't it doggone it believe me what i'm saying amen well god takes it personally also he even said i'm not a man that i should lie amen when god speaks it's the truth uh, Jesse Duplantis once said, he said, if God, if there was blue and God called it green, it would turn green. Because all God can speak is truth. Right. Amen? All right. <clears throat> now, according to, like we read earlier, Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible. Say impossible. impossible. To please God. Impossible. You know, this reminds me, Thomas, Thomas had to see Jesus to believe that he was risen from the dead. Remember that account? He had to see Jesus. He had to see the holes. He had to see the scars before he would believe them. But the interesting thing is, Jesus said this, listen, blessed are those that don't see yet believe. Is that not faith right there? Jesus is saying, guess what? If you'll simply hold on to faith, there's a special blessing in it for you. You're blessed. You're blessed. Guess what? If you're just holding on to the anchor of God's word, you feel like your world's falling apart, but you're holding on to the anchor of God's word. Hello? There's a blessing attached to that, Jesus said. Think about that. So if you're going through a trial right now and you feel like hell's coming against you majorly, but you're holding on to the word, I want you to say this, I'm blessed. I am blessed. Oh, hallelujah. 
You are blessed. You are blessed. I'm talking about the prayer of faith and how faith acts. Amen? If you believe that you received when you prayed, you're going to act differently than what you did before you prayed. Now think about I know. Uh, the, I'm just really micromanaging. The, I'm, I'm breaking this thing down. Think about that. You should act different after you pray. And if you don't, uh, either you got unbelief, you're rejecting the promises of God, or you just flat, flat out don't have any confidence in your own self, in your own prayers. Are you hearing me? But the problem is you shouldn't have it in yourself anyways. It should be all in the Word of God. In God to come through in your situation. Amen? Romans 10.10. 10. Hallelujah. Oh, I love this passage. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you believe in your heart, confession will come out of your mouth. Say that with me. If I believe with my heart, say that. Confession will come out of my mouth. You will know that you have faith because the words that you speak after praying will be positive. There should be a shift in your attitude. Are you hearing me? There should be a shift in your attitude. There should be a shift. In the words that come out of your mouth. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. I'm hitting you today with a double barrel Bible gun today, alright? Hebrews 4, 2 through 3. Is that alright? That's all I am is a spiritual chef. It's cooking you up something good to eat spiritually. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 4, <clears throat> 2 through 3. It says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Talking about the children of Israel. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Oh, don't you want to know why? Yeah. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter into that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although, oh my, my, my. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. This, this is powerful. Listen, you must choose to believe God's word. Hearing God's word must be mixed. How you like that crack? Must be mixed with faith. <laughs> I like to have fun up here. Must be mixed with faith. Like I said, ignorance is a lack of knowledge of God's word, and unbelief means that you just flat out reject it. So this scripture in Hebrews here is talking about accepting the word. Take the word of God for what it says. Are you hearing me, somebody? If it says, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed, hello, that is what it means. Amen? Amen. 
Where you read in the word where Jesus said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. Guess what? That's what it means. Amen. Amen? Go figure. I mean, it takes 20 PhDs to twist a scripture like that and maybe a little demonic interference there of deception. Are you hearing me, somebody? John 14, 12, Jesus said that we, the body of Christ, would do the works that Jesus did and greater works because he goes unto his Father. What does that mean, Jesus? Exactly what it says. Are you hearing me? Don't try to explain the promises of God away or to put your own religious twist on it. He meant what he said. Believe it and act on it. Amen? And it's interesting in this passage of Hebrews 4, true faith always manifests a rest or a peace in the heart. Say peace. How many of you need peace today? It's found in faith in the Word of God. But it is a choice to make. It is a choice to make. And again, it comes back to the thought life. Are you controlling your thought life? Amen? Hebrews 4.3 said, For we which have believed do enter into rest. Do enter, for we which have believed the promises of God, who trust God, do enter into rest. This is interesting. It says in verse 3 again here toward the bottom, So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. He's talking about the children of Israel, how they rebelled against him in unbelief, all right? This, this kind of ticked God off, all right? It says, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. You know what that means? It means what it says. The work was done. The provision for anything you and I are ever going to need to live victoriously on this earth. The provision is there from the foundation of the world. Guess what? Before you and I were a thought in mommy and daddy's, in daddy's mind, the work has been done. The provision's there. Amen? You got a, a gold and silver spoon there waiting for you, and you don't even know it, some Christians. Are you hearing me? Our daddy is the king of all things. Amen. One more scripture here. Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. We'll close on this one here. I'm talking about the prayer of faith. It says this, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing. God, what does that mean? Give me revelation on that. Give me revel- It means be anxious for nothing. <laughs> I, I just, it's real simple. I just, uh, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Why? Because thanksgiving is simply a manifestation of faith and trust in God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer. Everything by prayer. Everything by prayer. 
everything by prayer. Everything by prayer. Well, what do you mean everything in prayer? Because every need that you're ever going to have need of in this life is found in the Word of God, and you can back your prayers with the Word. And supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it bypasses your natural mind, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, it takes faith to fight off the attacks of fear and anxiety. Let's face it, if you don't have faith in God's word, you'll be overtaken in your thought life with fear, anxiety, worry. Are you hearing me, somebody? Whatever your situation is that you're going through, you stand on the promises of the word of God, and the Holy Ghost may, may give you certain instructions for each trial that you're in. Are you hearing me? You obey the Holy Spirit. You obey the Holy Spirit. What are what is the instructions, Pastor James? I don't know. Because they're tailor-made by the Holy Ghost for your situation. Follow the instructions that you feel in your heart that you need to go. But you need to stand on the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Ephesians 6.16 says that faith is a, uh, is a shield to quench all the fiery darts or attacks of the wicked or of the devil oh my 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 faith like i said i gotta say it again faith always demonstrates and exhibits thankfulness to god for the answer come on this is the key before you see it in the natural guys this is the whole essence of faith this is not a natural thing this is a spiritual thing Paul said these words, he says to the Corinthians, he said, I I couldn't even speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as carnal. Are you hearing me? Because some people choke on the faith message. But the evidence is right here. The evidence is right there in the word of God that faith goes beyond the natural. That's why, you know, in my prayer time, I pray, Lord, open my spiritual eyes. Open my spiritual ears. Are you hearing me? Because I want to see beyond what I'm seeing in the natural. I want to see through the eyes of faith. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. And the result of praying the prayer of faith is found in Philippians 4, 7. And it says these words. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts, your spirit man, and your minds, your soul, through Christ Jesus. Guys, we got to start believing him today. I'm telling you, this is the word for today. Are you ready? We got to start believing him with childlike faith. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord, for carrying me through today. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Now maybe there's someone in here who has never made Jesus Christ the the Lord of their life. If you've never made him Lord of your life, I'm inviting you to come forward today. And I want to have the privilege of praying with you to make him Lord of your life. So you can have a new birthday, a born again experience. And you can say today... 
December 7, 2008, was the day that I got grafted in to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? That I was saved and delivered from the pits of hell. Hallelujah to the Lamb. If that's you, I want you to come forward. If you want to rededicate your life today, it's just been dead religion for you. Friend, you need to come forward. You need to just recommit your life to Christ, and you need the fire of God. Are you hearing me? You need to come back to your first love, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, if that's you, you want to learn about the Holy Spirit baptism and receive that. It's a Bible experience. Awesome. To be a witness for Jesus. It's for service. For the, doing the work of the ministry. Well, Pastor James, I, I'm not a pastor. I'm not. No, if you're a Christian, you have a ministry. And you need the Holy Spirit baptism. Amen? You need a healing or a miracle. I want you to come forward. And I want to pray with you this morning. The rest of you worship the Lord as the music plays. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord, everyone, right now. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Just commit in your heart today. Commit your heart today. That you are going to step out in faith. Put it under the blood. If that's you who have been walking in unbelief, put it under the blood today.
God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You are awesome. Our God saves. How many even know our God saves? All right. Now, uh, those of you watching online, sorry about the chat room thing. We have no control over it. It wasn't working today. So stretch your hands toward that camera right now. Anyone who's watching who has a physical infirmity, sickness, or disease, in the name of Jesus Christ, we send the word of God, the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ, through that camera, through that computer, and into your body, soul, and spirit. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Devil, you release them now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, touch them. Let your Holy Spirit fall on them in a great and mighty way and bless them in Jesus' name. Thanks for watching today. You'll see me next week. Hallelujah. All right, guys. A couple of announcements here before we go. Still looking for volunteers for uh, children's church class 7 to 10. Uh, if you're interested in that, see Elizabeth or myself, all right? Also, December 20th at 6 p.m. right here. That's Saturday, right? A Saturday night, we're having a birthday party. And you're all invited. And it's for Jesus. Amen? Birthday party for Jesus. And if you want to do a special song, a poem, a skit, scripture, there's a sign-up sheet right on the back information table. And a practice date for those things will be announced soon. Scott, you're heading that up, right? So if you sign up back there, see Scott, and there will be uh, a time for you guys to come and practice, all right? Uh, let's see here. We need ladies who are interested in helping out with the Christmas party. And if you're interested, uh, see Elizabeth, all right? Also, this Wednesday, directly after the last video, we're on the fourth video of the Battlefield of the Mind with Joyce Meyer. Have you guys enjoyed that so far? All right, great. Um, there's going to be church decorating immediately after that. You're like, what are you doing it after? Well, because we're doing something different. We're not going to put the big tree up this year. We're going we're gonna to put a tree up in the lobby. and we're, So it's not going to take that long, all right? We're just going to do something different this year. So that's immediately after the video. Also, Jeremy and Mari's new baby was born three weeks ago, and they are here. So, hallelujah. Make sure, make sure you stop by and give them a blessing. Did you want to say something real quick? You said, okay, real quick, come on up here. Pastor Joe, just take a seat real quick, if you don't mind here. You might be the fifth at line at Ponderosa, but you'll, you'll be all right. All right. Hey, I uh, had the chance this week to, uh, opportunity to go over to Dr. Barclay's leadership conference. And um, great time. Now, he I can't launch into this too far, but I have to preface the good news I want to tell you with what he talked about. He really commissioned us hard that, you know, these are the last days. 
And um, what we face in the next six months, the next nine months, is going to be different than we've faced in many, many years, maybe ever, in this country. And he has his finger on the pulse of a lot of things to know that information and say it accurately. He's Some of that is prophetic things the Lord has revealed to him, but other of that is also uh, what he hears through the channels and circles that he, he is in. Um, and from being all over the country, with with hundreds of pastors and so uh he really gave us a warning he really called us as ministers as as people in the church to tighten up our lives no place for the enemy get ready for battle uh let's let's sharpen our swords it's not it's not time to get training i mean if you got to have it go get it but it's time to get active um but then the coolest thing in the world happened. Everybody here is is familiar with our economic things here in Michigan, right? And across the country. And if you listen to the news, now I've pretty much, I just get news like in little bits because otherwise they get in my head and I don't want them in my head. So I get enough information that I know what's going on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not misinformed, but at the same time, I don't, they're not getting in my head. So you all know that, right? For all the years that Dr. Barclay's been doing conferences, which I'm, I'm assuming is somewhere over 15, I, he's been in ministry 28, 28, 27 or 28 years, this was the first year ever that the leadership conference budget was completely met at the end of the first night's offering. Well, in our economic times. Now, the very first night... A very large budget. I mean, we they run 400 people a night and probably 250 uh, in the morning sessions. Some people can't be there for those, but a lot of the preachers can. This is an expensive conference. And they came into the conference with 80%, better than 80% taken care of um, as they opened the conference. And the rest of the budget came in the first night, and he was able to redirect the other evening offerings to other things. And, and just awesome. Here's what he said to us. God knows where you're at. Do not get out of faith. In this season, though it is the last day, though trials come against us, though it's the days of Elijah and Ezekiel, though it's the days of Jeremiah, do not get out of faith. The Lord knows where you are. The Lord knows where his servants are. Where there's not provision in a normal place, there's provision in an odd place. Where there's not provision where you think there ought to be, there's provision from somebody who's totally different. Where there's not provision from from the sources you're used to, there are ravens to steal meat from the king's table and drop to you. And what's interesting is when the Lord goes outside of the normal and begins to do things for us, those are the, the things that cannot turn. You know the people could get in and out of faith in giving to Elijah, but you know those ravens never got in and out of faith. Those ravens meant command from heaven, go do, just like that. And so he really encouraged us. He said, look, this has never happened to me, ever, that we've had the conference paid for on the first night. How do you do that? How do you do that in 2008? That's crazy. The Lord is with us. And while we need to tighten up, folks, it's time to be soldiers. It's time to be tough. You know, forsake not the assembling of, your, of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day, folks, this is the day. We've seen it. it we're here. We're living it. 
But but we can't go out of confidence. We can't go out of faith. The Lord is going to do for us mightily, mightily. And he encouraged us, and, and I'm encouraged, and praise God. Thank you, sir. All right, good deal. <clears throat> awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, keep an eye on You can cut us off if you're recording.